life is way too short to persevere in a role or a situation that is not nourishing you. Differently to the stresses of everyday work life, but something that is systematically not nourishing you and allowing you to thrive, leave. Life's too short. I genuinely think that the stress of it shortens your life eventually and negatively impacts the relationships with yourself and with those around you. So jump. I'm a fan of just saying jump. You might land with a broken bone. You might scuff your knee a bit, but the view on the other side is usually worth it. It really is. It's um, great. Come over here. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's someone that I would say I'm on my third career change now. I've got another pivot in me. I know it and I'm excited by it. It's not as scary as you think when you're standing preparing to leap. I mean, it's, it's mm. scary, but it's not going to wreck your life. It can only make it better. Welcome to Unset at Work. I'm your host, Catherine Stegmacy, an executive and team coach. I'm interested in the conversations that we don't have at work. This week's episode is a continuation of the conversation on the topic of burnout that I had with Antoinette Daniel last week. In last week's episode, Jeanette shared very openly about her two of her experiences in burnout, what was going on, how did she know that she was burnt out, what she did, her learnings and her wisdoms that she was gathering at that point. We kick off this episode continuing with her third experience of burnout and then we really get into the details of her recovery process. We talk honestly about what we see as the expectation of the time it takes to recover. Both of us have a view on that. And she shares a lot of her wisdom about setting boundaries, daily routines, small and long breaks and the need for a lot of self-compassion. I'm so very grateful for her willingness to come on and share all her experiences. You know, she says in the episode, talking about it is even hard for her, even though her experiences are in the review mirror. Let's drop in and pick up on our conversation, starting with the experience of her third burnout. There's a third burnout scenario, a more recent one, so in your 20s, as you came up to your 40s, and then a more recent one. That was post-COVID. Yeah. Um, that was the more challenging one because I didn't recognize it. I just thought we're all stressed. We've all been through a pandemic. Everyone should be feeling this way. I've got no right to take my foot off the gas right now. My company depends on me. My people depend on me. This is just tiredness from COVID. And again, mm. still not adding up the dots that this was heading for Burnout Central. Fortunately, I, I had a a series of one-to-ones with you, Catherine, and you had the grace and the expertise to very gently <laughs> name it. <laughs> Actually, in naming it and saying out loud, I was able to connect the dots and put plans in place to not go so deep down that path. But I would say it's taken me. Mm. To, so COVID was 2020. I think we met towards the end of that year. So that's about right, yeah. Where are we? We're 2023. I would say turning the corner into this year, I'm beginning to feel myself I mean, my sparkle came back, but not full tilt. I think that's such an interesting point there that it takes from where I'm sitting to some experience, but also watching so many clients go mm. through this cycle. The recovery time is so much mm. longer than what you think it is. And when clients say to me, I'm just going to take a two week break. I'll be back. I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm like, complete bullshit. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's just not, it's just not going to do it. Yeah. You never said that. That was, that was, <laughs> you had enough experience yeah. with it. But I think people are, are horrified to, to realize how much space they've got to give themselves to recover. Yes. I realize more and more, I can't, oh, I can't afford to get there because the recovery takes so long. So when I met you, I was talking about a four week sabbatical and that felt mm-hmm. terrifying. And you managed to negotiate me into an eight week sabbatical which felt awful. And I came back from that eight week Mm. feeling as exhausted on day one 
another thing that you helped me to see, like you, you asked me to name my ideal break because you said, you know, I need a series of breaks, not just one big break, but mini breaks and big breaks. And I remember getting very tearful in that session where I admitted, I think what I need is to go away alone to a desert island almost. And as we wrote it all out, it felt really selfish and indulgent and expensive, but I did mm. it. And it was one of the best things I have ever done for myself. And now is a routine that I will do every year. And I actually stipulated, like, I think I want to go to a black majority country. That sounds awful. But no, it, it's, I got off that plane. I blended in. I glided mm. along with every other black person. Didn't stand out. And then just retreated by myself. So it, that was all part of walking away from a situation that wasn't a full-blown burnout. So how much more if I'd really hit the skids with that? With each burnout that I've had, it's taken nearly two years to fully yeah. come back to myself. If I was to reflect on that, why that might be the case is the wheels of the of the bus keep having to keep That's on turning. Right. <laughs> you don't get to check out a life for a period of time. Mm. Like you still have to pay the bills. Yes. I mean, maybe in a reduced way. Or often people go back into the system in which created the burnout, like an organizational system. And as I always say, you can't recover from burnout in the system that created it. It's mm. just not the way. It, you just can't. So then you've got to now look for another job. Yep. I worked with people where I'm thinking you actually need to be out of here in order to recover, yes. but you've lost all your confidence and the energy to go looking for a job. Yes. It's just heartbreaking to see people there because the decks are just stacked against them in the recovery. That's the scary place of it all. You're overwhelmed anyway. You're in a system that keeps you overwhelmed, but you're needing to make some really tough, life-changing decisions with nothing left in the tank. And so I, I think at every stage, it's taken someone external to almost lift my head out of the bucket and say, look up with SOS, we need to do something drastic. I mean, that's my experience as a coach. Like the number of times oh. I've had to go, this is burnout. Do you mm. know that? And they're like, what? Mm. Because I think we are in deep denial. Yes. Not me, not this time. Yes. I can't, I haven't got, I haven't got time for you. I haven't got I'm time. I'm just tired. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's someone else's story. Yes. Like, in my role, I just happened to see a fair bit of it. Mm. Um, it's so freaking obvious. And they're like, what? Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But I nailed it but last time. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> it's like, no, I did that in 2018. Yeah. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. I was like, yes. I, said I would never do that again. I've mm -hmm. set my whole life up, but wouldn't do it again. But <laughs> jokes aside, I mean, if, you, if someone's listening to this and mm -hmm. going, gosh, I recognize so much of what Antonia's talking about in terms of the symptoms, mm -hmm. like the signs, the red flags, what would you, if someone's possibly, if they're thinking they might be in burnout, what would you be suggesting to them if you were mentoring them? Be honest with yourself and acknowledge the markers. That can be hard. Get help. So get somebody that can journey alongside with you to help you stay on the path out, whether that's a coach, a life coach, a business coach, a mentor. I would definitely say seek some sort of therapeutic or medical intervention as well. There is no shame in needing whatever help, whether it's tablets, mm. medication, all of the things that strong people don't do. All of those are just tools, right? Tools to get you back to yourself and get you back on track. So utilize all of them. At some point, you've got to ask yourself this very big question, is staying in the situation that I'm in worth jeopardizing my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health long-term? And that's a tough question because invariably the answer is going to be no. But once you can say no, then you can start to think about, okay, what's the worst that's going to happen if I stay here? Like Armageddon, probably. So mm -hmm. is a period of unemployment better than Armageddon? 
yeah, is admitting to friends and family that I'm not coping better than Armageddon. Yeah. Is being admitted to a psychiatric unit, because that's where we're heading, is that better than having a couple of months out and trying to give myself a break and figure out what's the way forward? So you start to be able to face some of these very difficult questions when you can really see the situation that you're in, name it, call it toxic, and think about what are the other solutions that could be out there, including almost doing nothing. <laughs> that's got to be better than this, right? So get help. I love that. That that the, the, the facing the fears, mm. like what's my greatest? Yes, because I'm staying here because I'm fearing something yes. else. Unemployment, telling my some a loved one, yes. whatever that is, and really looking that straight in the face. Yeah, it's a great, it's great advice you're not just going to wake up one day and be able to do that. So it's why I think you need no. a cheerleader that, that walks alongside with you. If clients get doctors to sign them off. Mm. I mean, in terms of your catalogue of medication and yes. all that stuff, I think that's in there. And I think different from 25 years ago yes. in your first experience, I think doctors are much more, I don't know if they're necessarily capable of coping with it, but then we're willing to go, yes, I will sign you off. And then the organisation has to deal with yes, that. Yes, right. That's it. And actually, I'd even written that down, like get signed off work. <laughs> 101 but yes. yes yeah not like your head is like well either we cut your pay or, yes. or wow that was hardly a, a reasonable choice i was had a client ended up being admitted to a psychiatric mm. i mean he wasn't a client at the time but he ended up being admitted to a psychiatric unit mm. it went that far mm. i mean it, it's real it is yeah it's a possible path mm. the one that you want to go down if people are listening going i don't think i'm burnout but perhaps if i carried on in six to twelve months i might be on the path what advice would you be giving around changing course Ahead of the yeah. time. I would say that life is way too short to persevere in a role or a situation that is not nourishing you. Differently to the stresses of everyday work life, but something that is systematically not nourishing you and allowing you to thrive, leave. Life's too short. I genuinely think that the stress of it shortens your life eventually and negatively impacts the relationships with yourself and with those around you. So jump. I'm a fan of just saying jump. You might land with a broken bone. You might scuff your knee a bit, but the view on the other side is usually worth it. It really is. It's <laughs> um, great. Come over here. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's someone that I would say I, I'm on my third career change now. I've got another pivot in me. I know it and I'm excited by it. It's not as scary as you think when you're standing preparing to leap. I mean, it is mm. scary, but it's not going to wreck your life. It can only make it better. So take courage, get help, get people around you that will cheerlead you on and then jump. There are plenty of people that want and need the skill set that you have. And I think particularly in this economy where we're needing people to show up and be, be brilliant, you will fit better somewhere else. I often say to people who are living in a toxic environment mm. or have toxic bosses, I said, I promise you, and I know this because I work with these people, mm. there are amazing mm. human beings out there trying to do good stuff in organizational context, creating healthy organization, healthy cultures where you thrive yes. and get to do cool stuff and you get a boss that understands you and is, mm. is empathetic and wants to support you. They exist. Mm. You know, they're not unicorns, I promise. Mm. I know these people. <laughs> so I think a lot of it's like, well, what if I jump? I think people stay. I'm always amazed at people's tolerances for putting up mm. with, with, with toxic environments. And I think it's because at the end, well, maybe there's nothing better. I mean, there's always something better. Always something better. There is, and in the advent of Zoom, where we can now work anywhere in the world, where we can work from home, where we can travel and work, there are so many more options available to individuals now. Quite mm -hmm. exciting. It's an exciting time to be around. Yeah, I, remember, I, I saw recently, uh, there's quite a few of them now, but you can get those lists of jobs that are 100% 
remote and digital. So you could be anywhere in the world. I mean, how cool, would, how cool is that? Just, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to work in Bali and I'm going to find a job where, you know, from the word go, that the organizations, mm. yeah, you can, we don't care where you work. We care what the app, but not where you are. So yeah, I mean, that's not for everyone, but that's, there are also, as you say, there are lots of exciting opportunities. You also said something that made me think about the signs of admitting where you are. There's a client recently this week, he said he gets 200 emails a day in his inbox None of that is spam. All of that's internal emails. Wow. His email box is completely out. He said it's out of control. Wow. If you add that up, that's 50,000 emails a year. <laughs> wow. And I think there are, I think there are sometimes signs that, that are outside of you. Like your inbox, your relationship with the inbox is like a canary in the mine, I think. Mm. If it's out of control like that, mm. there's other biggest systemic problems going on in the organization and the culture mm. and the expectations of you that are just outrageous. Mm. And that's not going to end up well. I would agree. In the same breath, he goes, and I'm fine. <laughs> Five minutes ago, he said to me he's on blood pressure medication wow. to end up with yeah. statins. I'm like, you, your head might be fine. Yes. Your body is not. <laughs> yes. No, no, really, I'm fine. Your blood pressure says otherwise. Mm. I mean, it's so interesting. You're, I'm having an argument with him when his own doctor is saying, mm. you're, you've got some issues going mm. on. Sometimes we're more awake to the signs external to us if we're not that in tune with our body mm. and what the messages are that our body are, is giving us. Yeah. And again, I would say that's probably a perfectionist, high achiever trait. So... My body always knows, yes. is always trying to tell me things are not right. And <laughs> my mind is like, shut up and get on with it. <laughs> We're doing fine. <laughs> so yeah, again, learning to look yeah. at the triggers, what, what's not even the triggers, the, the behaviors that I'm exhibiting and then reversing that. Mm. Oh, hang on. You're doing A, B and C. Could you be burnt out? Could you be stressed? And these are the kind of conversations mm. that I have to have with myself. <laughs> it's what you're demonstrating so beautifully is like it's an ongoing mm. dance isn't it it? Is. of personal exploration and compassion mm. and curiosity and maybe a bit of laughter like oh my god i'm here again mm. i said i wouldn't be here again i ended up yelling at the dog the other day mm. for nothing and you're like wow what's that about mm. why, why am i here i've been doing all the things i said i would do and everything seems to be okay and yet here i am that's a sign for me that the lack of compassion the lack of empathy for others it's a warning sign mm. one thing i have instituted a couple of years ago with two friends two friends in business women. We have a Monday morning check-in and we designed a 10-point scale where 10 is like barley. Well, no, 10 is for me lying on my back in the Caribbean Sea, looking at the sun with a margarita being swum out to me. That's 10. One, one is my toes. <laughs> I'm standing on the underground and I'm thinking about jumping. These are two scenarios that have happened in my life. Um, and so every wow. Monday we ask for a number between one and 10 and our rule with each other is six is not great. You're allowed a six, but if you've got three sixes in a row, there's an intervention that happens that Monday and questions get asked. Okay, you can say it's cool that you're a seven. What could make it an eight or what's making it a seven? But it's a weekly check-in that could just simply be a number. It takes 10 seconds every Monday, but it's two other people that are just asking you those tough questions mm. as well. Very quick, but very regular and makes you stop and think every Monday. Oh, that's interesting. I'm this number. So it's just a little bit of mindfulness once a week and support, yes. Yeah. From people Two that people get completely it. committed. Yes. And the vulnerability and sharing mm. together. It's not like your therapist asking you would always feel so one-sided. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, what's in your experience of burnout, having experienced burnout, what's changed around how you set boundaries using the word no? I mean, potentially nothing, but that's not true. So I have fire breaks every week. So Sunday is a day which is virtually low-tech, I wander away from my screens. I don't commit to anything beyond church on a Sunday. 
I have a big nap and give myself permission to do that. So there's that rhythmical rest that happens. I've finally understood that I'm not superwoman or the saviour of the world and that if I say no to a potential mentee or anything really, that the world is not going to crumble. So I have, I mentor people, but I only allow myself to have a certain number of people ever on the go, so to speak, so I can be fully present for them. And I will say to anyone else, I have a waiting list and and that's it. Full stop. And that's even people that I'm desperate to mentor because I really can't wait to get my hands on them. Nope. Waiting list. I have this annual holiday now that is just me and I'm unapologetic about it now. I revel in it. I'm that woman with her iPad and her glasses on. It's just basically saying, no, go away. And I'm unashamed about that. I've identified who my life givers are and who my life drainers are. I have time for all of them, but I have more time for my life givers and at peak times that matter to me. So, I, it, you know, I've had to train myself to say I've become more selfish because it's not selfish. I've become more nourishing towards myself and ensure that I've got more things that give me life to enable me to give life to others, to more people. So a lot more taking care of myself. And a lot of that is because of the accountability things I'm setting up as well that have people holding me to account for mm. some of these behaviours and habits that I, you know, I really want to inbuild. There's a saying that I like, which is say no to protect your yes. Mm. And I hear that's everything you've just said mm. fits in that, in those, in that box. Like there's lots of no's, but it's in, in an order to, mm. for the yes to be a big yes, because I'm fully here. I'm, I'm present. My energy's here. Absolutely. Yeah, all hard, hard earned <laughs> wisdom is to get to this place. Yes. And your experience of burnout, has that influenced sort of aspirations and, and goals in any way? I think that's a really challenging one and harder when you own your own business. But I I think more Mm. than anything, there's a sense of legacy that I want to leave behind in the world. That by owning a business, there's a sense of privilege of being able to dictate your own path a bit more. I mean, there's still challenges with that, but I have more control now over what I will Mm. say yes to, what my business will say yes to, who I will have in my business. What I've realized is that I'm finite and I have the potential to break. I've worked hard all my life. And I, I find myself saying quite often, it's my time now. I'm ready to live the life that I, I want. So I invest a lot more time and energy in that. Uh, and the life I want is still serving people, right? So it still aligns with all my values, but it's about being really mindful and really intentional about what I give my finite energy to so that I can maximize my impact and my joy in the world. Joy is a big thing for mm-hmm. me. I can relate to that. There's a humility that I've learned over the years around, I can't do everything, mm. damn it. And the things that I matter, I want to do well, yes. back to like the overachieving perfectionist <laughs> stuff. So there's got to be a lot more stuff that I don't do that I don't yes. take on. And it's an identity thing for me. I don't know how it is for you, this South African who, who says yes to everything, who can do everything mm. from fight a snake to build a business. <laughs> like mm. I, There's something in the South African persona that's so overly tough nothing takes us down mm. da, da, da. i had a south african friend of mine stay here last weekend like we're just as bad as each other it's not helpful i mean that's on a path to, that, that that form of identity that is mine and that's not yours but that's my sense of how i identified with myself i have to find a, a space in that identity because like that's that puts me on the path to burnout mm. i can't do everything i'm not some superwoman again a, damn it a, a dining yes. i know it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> But yes. For me, it's about dining back goals and aspirations. Mm. Uh, dining back, maybe being more re- choiceful. Mm. It's not realistic. It's just choiceful. Mm. 
you know, as a 50 year old menopause woman, what do I have the capacity for, mm. the energy for, the time for? There are things that are more intentional, therefore more joyous for mm. me. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yes, absolutely. And, and I'm realizing that my younger self wanted to change the entire world. My older mm. self says, I've been placed in a corner of the world and I just want to impact that, even if it only involves the person right next to me. Because who knows what they'll go on to do and change and be. Mm. Uh, and so it's just taking a lot more satisfaction in the smaller actions, the lesser number of people and recognising that they're not less significant. It's as significant. If I show up with my whole self into that situation, who knows what ripples will happen. And I'm content with that. But yeah, less less is more. And I'm OK with that now. <laughs> I want to thank you for your time. It's been a delight. You've been so open and dug deep for this <laughs> conversation and sharing some of the stories and some of the aspects I didn't even I didn't know. So for the sake of our people listening who might be feeling burnt mm. out or might have someone they love on the path to burnout, I'm just very grateful for you showing up and finding the time for this conversation. My pleasure. Thank you, Antoinette, for her time and her vulnerability in sharing her journey. You know, burnout is such a tough place to be in. And if you're concerned about your mental health, please get advice from a healthcare professional. Here's my parting tips for you if you are feeling burnt out. Just recognize that you are on an island of burnout with kindness. You didn't do anything wrong to get there. It's not your fault. You know, it's just where you are. And I think this is the unhelpful narrative of where we take too much responsibility for being where we are. And organizations don't take enough creating circumstances that put you there. As you've heard from internet, creating a space to recover, like whatever's possible, you take extended leave, get a sick note from your doctor, remove responsibilities and expectations of you, ask people to take over care responsibilities at home, step away from the project you've just said yes to, you know, whatever it is, you're just going to need some space to recover and allow yourself that deep space to heal and recover. Know the timeline here is months. It's not weeks, it's months. You know, invite into your life the small things of joy, that, you know, whatever that means for you, a slow cup of coffee, a long walk. Allow your body, your soul to catch up with your body and know that none of this is permanent. You know, if you recognize where you are, you can build a bridge to get out of here. So, yeah, appreciating Antoinette sharing her story. I think we learn and we heal through understanding that we aren't alone in these what can feel like really dark times. So that's it, my friends. This is your... Wing Woman signing off. Until next week.